Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Conversation hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey. Hello. Hey. What's going down, y'all? We just came back from seeing the a short film at Rice University. It was Marsha P. Johnson's birthday, so we did get like a a kind of clip on how she how her character was. Because you know how sometimes you you have you've heard of different legends and stuff, but you can't really tie the character into play unless you see some type of film or something. So right, it was you, interesting. you kind of working off of imagination of how they were and how they act and all that kind of stuff. So it, mm-hmm. had, it was different? It was it was interesting. It was very interesting seeing her in character and listening to how she talked and It was like a actress actress from Tangerine uh-huh. that did like a reenactment of certain situations she was in and whatnot. Uh-huh. It was like a short film of her life in a way and her her how her activism at the Stonewall riots unfolded. I think uh-huh. on that day it was her birthday, if I'm not uh-huh. mistaken. Stonewall riot day. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had I think already so. wore her out. They wore her out right before her birthday while she was passing out cards. And mm-hmm. then that night at the Stone it was, the Stonewall was a club. Right. So that night they had the owner was paying the police to basically to harass the LBGC out of his bar. And so he paid them that night and they came and wore them out. And that's he the cop took her drink and spit in it and gave it back to her and they just started fighting. They just wore it out. Word I on. didn't know that um her nickname was Marsha Paid No Mind Johnson. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Because she gives off that vibe where she's, like, carefree. One of the guys even pointed out, you're so together. Like, you're so put together whenever I see you. She was like, that's to be expected. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I was, I had issues at work, so I couldn't go. I was supposed to go. And so, I think I had that experience, too. Like, not really that experience, because I didn't have, when I, when I was introduced to Marsha P. Johnson... I was introduced to her in a way that was um, 
film. I saw a film, so I saw. Um, but I find it interesting with science and technology that that some people that we demonize as bricks, Marsha would fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you th- if you think about what are standards of what a passable, respectable trans woman is, Marsha don't really fit that. Yeah, because even when you go on Wikipedia, it says drag queen. Yeah. Since she was a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's... But if we go, like, even further back, the standards, because... You know, I think a lot of I think science and technology pushed us to a level where we can, you know, navigate the world a little different than mm-hmm. what they could. Back then, access to hormones, access we've come a long way since mm-hmm. then. So there could be a woman who a trans woman who and then the language changes as well. Mm-hmm. So tr- they might not have considered themselves trans. They might use language like um um a man trapped in a woman's body and you know that's that language is kind of antiquated for us now we don't use that kind of language you feel Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but that was the language that they had back then that would express who they were and so i think i i I really found it interesting being interested her being some being a founder and then meeting so many other being introduced to so many other people mm-hmm. that were founders that may not fit what we consider to be top notch, quote unquote, um, level of trans fem- Because we have access to some forms of healthcare, some forms of, like I said, science and technology that can push us further and further to assimilating to cis heteronormativity, because that now has been a long standard for a trans person. Like your transition is based on um, the success, how successful you are in mimicking, um, you know, um, cis heteronormativity, looking the part. You get um, privilege for looking the part. People respect you more if you look the part. People, um, you know, it was all about um fitting into society that's what birthed the ball scene that's what birthed um you know all the surgeries and all the upcoming of and renaissance of transness by looking the part you get access to the world in a different way than you know uh, people who fall in the gray area of the world you feel what i'm saying um and I think it goes with the even on the trans masculine, you know, there were people who navigated the world like men. And I think like, like even like a Gladys Bentley, um, you know, that that because they didn't have access to the things that we had access to that we have access to now um, kind of readily, they they would, you know, they, you know. They might have been considered themselves trans, but they didn't have the language and they didn't have the support and they didn't have the science behind them to help them along with that particular process. You know, similar to like Yuzi, like pre, like pre you taking a T, you knew you was trans before you Mm -hmm. took your shot. Mm 
That's why you took your shot. Mm-hmm. So somebody could have looked at you if they saw who you were um, and been like, oh, that's just a stud. They could have labeled you that, but you knew in your heart of hearts that I'm trans mm-hmm. because you had language for it. You had, there's people who led the foundation for you to understand who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think back in the day, there was no um, foundation. Mm-hmm. Do you feel what I'm saying? There was no, there, no, 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 that's not true. There was a foundation, but there there hadn't been any theory and language created to explain it to, to to explain it in a way that was as thorough as we have now. And they mm-hmm. and then what I was going to say earlier, they they didn't ha- have like um they didn't have the the home the hormone replacement therapy that we do have now. Mm-hmm. And if they did, it was super expensive and it wasn't given to people who could well, barely poor. afford it. Yeah. Right. It, um, even the people who had the first sex changes, mm-hmm. like the people who was in those even though I wouldn't want to be those people. Because <laughs> they Baby, were. Cause they, was a a sex change then was like uh, seven uh, operations. Yeah, it was like rude. So even those people, it was really, really exclusive. The doctors that they were, that had access to the people who were even on that experimental level to do something like that were rich people. I remember, um, mm-hmm. whatever, I can't remember. Her name was Robbie or something. Um, she was a race car driver. Like she yeah, was a part of the affluent, affluent class of people, and that had and she, she had access to the doctors because she was an affluent white man. The trans woman, <laughs> yes. and then she ended up being with the trans man. Exactly, she ended up being with a trans man, mm-hmm. and that had the first trans sex man change. sex change. Yeah. I don't and think so, they were actually together, were they? Yeah, they were for together a little bit. He, yes, he, oh. she, she broke his heart. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah the, so even, even both of them, they were act. They had access. One was like a high level military person, mm-hmm. and then one was um, race car driver. It just the affluent people had access to that stuff, and that's still true. And I think it's still true today, of course. Um, but it's interesting to see how we have come. And and look back on people like Marsha and look back on people um, like Gladys Bentley. People, mm-hmm. not saying that she was trans. I don't know what she was, but we don't we don't really know how they mm-hmm. how they identify because mm-hmm. you don't they didn't really give them a place to um, mm-hmm. speak their truth as freely as we are we can now mm-hmm. and explain it and have language and we're still growing our language like when we talk about like non-binary people and you know there's our language is still not adequate enough even today and we're still coming up with we're still coming up with them we're still evolving and i think that is really really important to um to point out when i first started to be introduced to marcia p Mm -hmm. and sir lady java was in that era right correct Uh So how was she able to get those location. those surgeries and location. the location? Because she was in she was LA. in New Orleans first, and then she went to LA. Uh-huh. So LA, it, but even New Orleans was because of you got to understand the history of New Orleans. Um, the shipping docks, like no, 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 just New Orleans being a hub for um, different the military. different things, like yeah. when it comes to. Um, the Creole people were there was some queerness in there. Mm-hmm. There was some um there was people who the music and the jazz and there was a lot of 
vibrant individuals drawn to New Orleans mm. that would be as I hate to say not cesspool. That's not the right word. <laughs> that's negative. <laughs> uh, that would be that be that. It just was this whole melting pot of um, people coming there in the same way that kind of we know that people come to New York. Mm-hmm. New Orleans was like that too at a certain time where people would come to New Orleans because of its culture, mm-hmm. because of the vibrancy of the city. And um, and so there was a lot of queer stuff that's go- that was going on mm-hmm. in the process of that. Mm-hmm. And so for her to be grow up in New Orleans and then go to L.A., which was also a mecca for you know liberal people this is where a bunch of the interracial relationship was popping off in LA Mm -hmm. you know because oh we ain't gotta worry about that Jim Crow South stuff over here we gonna go to California where we can be free you feel what I'm saying it just was Mm -hmm. California has always been um, progressive a little bit progressive it still had its issues but um, you know that's where people migrated to for a little different type of lifestyle so when Lady Java Mm -hmm. goes from New Orleans to um the vibrant New Orleans to the vibrant um, LA with whatever talents that she had mm-hmm. and then having access to the people, you know, the stars, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, like we talked on, um, on um, Catch, Catch, what, Catch, Jules Catch One, mm-hmm. that show on Netflix that um, Queer Walk introduced us to. Mm-hmm. Um, that show, that was a, that club, that bar, you know, it, the stars would not migrate to that place, and it, that wasn't the only place. That that, just like the cool people go to the gay clubs now, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were doing that back then. Like you know, like the conservative people, you know, might not have want to step foot in it, but you know, the cool people was going to where all the the queens go. Were going because they were creatives and they mm-hmm. were creating dances. And look at look at Madonna co opted. Voguing because she went and got in codes with the people <laughs> that was creating this culture. So, um, you know that that it, Lady Java having access to that um, is the reason why she was able to thrive. Having access to that kind of um, that access to that kind of celebrity, um, that access to that kind of celebrity money. That's why she was able to be in relationships with Red Fox and um, Richard Pryor and. You know, all the peoples that she quoted, Marlon Brando, that she was allegedly in, you know, in relationships with um, behind closed doors. You know, she had access to those people. You know, similar to what what's going on now with trans folks, the trans folks that you see now that are popular is because they were in New York. They had access to that New York connection. That makes sense. Mm. Look at all the girls who are popular. Um, Trace, Jenny Mock, Laverne, you know, that have mm-hmm. access to this this bigger platform is because, you know, they were in New York. They were in they were areas just way, where er- they could be seen. Where they can be seen and had access to people who um could put them on that pedestal. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's just a matter of location. So anyway, let's get on to the first subject, which goes along with that. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my 
finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Mm, so. so I wanted to talk about um, Jackie Shane. So in 2017, Jackie Shane um, was honored by the Grammys for an album that she did in the 60s. She was a transgender 60s soul singer. That was born in Nashville. That was born in Tennessee in and the forties. And she 40s. had some hits. And she had some hits. She grew up with Little Richard. She grew up with um, it was somebody else that she said she grew up with, um, that we know. But Little Richard was one of the main ones. And seeing her, there's visuals that I've seen of her. I can see where Little Richard got some of his ways from. <laughs> um, they basically what what ended up happening is that she had. The Grammys found an old album and was giving away Grammys to old, ancient, like, um, albums. And she was one of the people honored. And it was like, they didn't know what happened to her. Because after she started making these hits, she just disappeared. And so they don't know if she had got murdered. They didn't know if she had, um, they didn't know what happened to her. But fast forward to 2017, from the Mm -hmm. 60s. They did some investigating work and they found her and she's still alive to this day. And she's almost 80. And um, and basically she went stealth. Mm-hmm. She went stealth. She had a hit album, then went off the radar because we know that the standard of care for a trans person when it comes to the medical field was you get your surgeries, get on your hormones and then you leave your life. You leave your life behind and start a new life somewhere else so people can accept your identity as who you are and you don't got all your surgeries to look the part and you just go assimilate into society. It really speaks to the shortcomings of care during this era because although that the people who were giving trans folks care at the time, some, some of them were not sympathizers or some of them were, but this was the only hope for you to go and disappear into a whole new life because there was, it just was unfathomable for somebody to think that the world would accept you open arms and knowing that you're trans and knowing that you transition from male to female or female to male. It was definitely not female to male because the control of female bodies and the rule of what a woman should be was, you know, super, super strict at that time. Um, but definitely either, either, either direction, it's just not going to be acceptable. So much acceptable that the only choice that we can give you as care providers is that you go disappear into a new life. And I think that, um, it reminds me of decisions that, um, mothers of, 
slavery, like mothers in slavery who had these children who could pass as white, how the only option I can give you to not be a slave, the only option that I can give you to not be, to succumb to this, this horrific culture of slavery is to send you off and have you blend into white society. Um, and there's some mothers, not just in the slave time, but in other times, mothers, I remember there was this documentary um, about this black girl who her mother had had her and she um, and she was raised in a Jewish family as she was as white and she didn't really look white. She looked mixed. And so, but white enough to kind of get through. So she kind of went, um, you know, th- but this was her mother's way of protecting her and protect really protecting herself. But that's kind of, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of, um, you know, there's just so many things that just, this harks up a lot of memories and my, how I relate, not how I relate, but how I, um, see relation to in relationship to cultural shifts and cultural changes, major cultural changes that at one point that we didn't think were ever going to change. And then they actually did. So, um, that's what this kind of reminds me of. So, um, that's basically what Jackie Shane went and did. She went and disappeared into, uh, into her womanhood because that's what she was taught that she was supposed to do. So that's what she did. She was like, mm, this is not what I want to do. Or I can't do it to the level that I want. So let me go and be stealth and go do my thing. So um, when they gave her the Grammy and was honoring her and they found her, she was kind of res- reserved and didn't want to be in the limelight. But the ball had already started rolling. And so she did an interview with the New York Times and I'll put the link in the bottom. Um, and she just explained a lot of things. And I thought it was amazing. So I want y'all kind of to check it out and to um, her name is Jackie Shane. Um, so I wanted to ask y'all, being that those was the standards of care back in the day. Mm-hmm. Do y'all think that going stealth to this level, like the stealth of. The idea of just going and disappearing into cis heteronormativity is an antiquated um, way of thinking. Have we grown out of that? I think we have grown out of that. When you look at people who do not fit the norms of society, who are able to be in the limelight and be accepted. And there are still barriers, but a lot of those barriers have been overthrown and like when you look at Janet Mock you look at Laverne Cox you look at different LBGT people who are making their own films they're being awarded for their talents and they're not being discredited for who they are they're actually being honored so I don't think that but is that translating in real life though what do you mean I think what really changed the culture on that is trans people more so embracing the process of transition mm-hmm. like for instance if you go on youtube you'll see people like showing before and after pics more and just um you know you see it's not uncommon for people to share their past and embrace their past or stuff like that along the lines of that 
Mm. I see you. So I do think we have left it behind to that extreme. I, see what I kind of what I what I mean is I get that all those people have the platforms, and I uh-huh. get that you know they're a representation for some young trans person to uh-huh. see. But is that acceptance translating in real life? Yes, Hollywood is known for being liberal. They're mm-hmm. known for being um, a little liberal. So they they mm-hmm. known for being discriminatory too, um, but mm-hmm. um, liberal in a certain way. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. they're known for being liberal in a certain respectable way. Um, but is that is those is seeing Janet Mock, seeing Laverne, seeing all the girls? Um, that on whatever platform they are, um, Tony Brown on playing for Obama. Um, it's so many other people. I, I know we always say Janet and Laverne because they're the most visible, mm-hmm. but it's so many other people that have done some really, really groundbreaking yes. things. And seeing those people, is that translating to acceptance in real life enough to where being stealth is useless? I can't say that it has. I think it's I I don't think it's fully gotten there, but I think those those barriers that they are breaking, those doors that they are opening, is giving is giving that a little bit more of a push. Like, okay, you no longer have to be this way in order to get get access to these certain resources. Mm-hmm. You can be who you want to be, but it it hasn't got like there all the way where we're completely equal. But I think we're. It's, it's getting better I think it hasn't it's not where oh I have to be completely stealth in order to get this or get that now we do know that there that there probably is a lot of more a lot more freedom in being stealth as far as um, the, really you think it's a lot more freedom freedom as far as um, people not being able to discriminate you against you but not not within not like oh I'm liberated and I'm able to be who I am not that type of way but as far mm. as like you know there are certain things that you don't have to deal with when people don't know exactly yeah, your background I, I totally agree I, I just ooh, it's 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 see I, I don't know if that's freedom though because you still have to live a certain way if you to what? maintain that you can't have open conversations you I, don't, I wouldn't say that's freedom but but I didn't mean it in that way okay I mean, meant it in like in a way of achieving things like mm. the, like as far as you know not not having those door, doors closed in your closed face in your like face. okay you're LBGT you can't actually exactly do this but right if you were stealth you'll be able to and and i I also want to point out that that is that is a privilege that everybody doesn't have access to Mm -hmm. being fitting the cis heteronormative look to the level that you can be stealth for long periods of time Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have that even some of the people that we deem popular Mm -hmm. they can be feminine and oh my god you look beautiful but as we have pointed out pretty and fish we ain't gonna use that um (laughs) pretty and passable being pretty and passable are two different things Mm -hmm. you can be unpassable and pretty Mm -hmm. but you can also be ugly and passable as hell Mm mm-hmm so understand the difference in that and sometimes people 
I think people talk about passability almost like we all got access to it and we don't. What do you what is your what is your idea or the definition of complete passability where you were stating there where you you are always having access and you don't you you feel that you fit this criteria of passability where I no think, one's I think that that your tea. I think that 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 passability has a weird is it's rooted in nature but it's also rooted on like just rules of um i think it's anthrometrics i think that's the word for what we talk about the metrics of the human body mm-hmm. um um it's rooted in these rules of what the average woman looks like what the average man looks like the ratio of your torso and your hips and your nose and your facial features da 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 da, da. there are literal there's a literal study of these things and how much you fit into those average woman's anthrometrics or average man's anthrometrics that determines your passability. But also there's an overlapping of beauty standards and we know that beauty standards are based in, you know, white supremacy. So if you, one of the things about, um, you know, as a black, the strange thing is um, when I was growing up, the read from the white girls was um, the the black. This is what the white girls would say, not in our face, because, you know, we would twirl the fuck out of them. <laughs> but the trans white girls would say, oh, trans, okay. trans white girls, trans white girls. The read for the black girls would be, oh, y'all so passable because black women look like men anyway so it's easy for y'all to look like girls up to look like if you're a black girl black boy it's easy for a black boy to look like a black girl because black girls look like men anyway so basically saying that black women aren't soft which is so shady which is kind of ridiculously stupid to me um because we're the cradle of this fucking humanity so we we started the shit so we we the standard (laughs) so whatever we are is what a woman looks like (laughs) i haven't like if you think about the history of beauty and like um different races ethnicities like when when i think about what white women would do like in the 60s like mm-hmm. wear the corsets and make their waist really really small or be europeans like, not european. just yeah um that's what i mean thank you and like just the different ways that they would modify themselves in order to fit this 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 systematic standard of beauty of what they created mm-hmm. i never seen anything in our culture of women who who did modifications oh no no, no. that's to, a part of our culture no what well what i mean i'm not saying like this day and age but i'm saying back then like no in the that's what i'm talking about stuff. we did stuff we did stuff too it just was different from them like what um when you talk about modifications back in the european times yeah like like back lip then, plates like, mm-hmm. that's okay. a body modification from um tribes that it was about beauty it was about um, you know the girl. You see the girls with the lip yeah. plates. Da, da, da. That was that was one thing about body modification that was for that particular tribe about beautifying themselves. You know what? I wasn't it, thinking about that. that. It was their their culture. Mm-hmm. So it's some it's a bunch of things that we do. I don't I don't think that's exclusive. But the reason why I brought that up is because um, with black trans people, we the standard of beauty is just different. Like it's just. Um, 
because we have that racial thing looming over what beauty is supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, it makes us. It doesn't. I think. I don't think everybody has access to passability on the cultural standard because we're being judged based on a cis heteronormative standard that's based in racist shit that's based in so many weird ass shit that even the cis hats don't always live up to mm-hmm. <laughs> and um so i i don't know i feel like when we talk about stealthness i want to say that it's a blessing but i want to say that it's, that is an exclusive club that everybody is not in. Even some people who think they are. <laughs> <laughs> that everybody is not in. And like, I, I'll just, I'll talk about myself. So on day-to-day basis, when I go out to the grocery store, mm-hmm. nobody is just like, oh my God, that's a man. That's a man. That's a man. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like if I sit down and have a conversation with them, I feel like they would be able to get in. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you sat and engaged with me long enough, you'd be like, hmm, I wonder. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, just day-to-day passing, yeah, because you're just kind of glancing at me and I look the part enough to where, okay, you know, I get through. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I'm to this master master level of possibility but where what does that look like exactly what does it look like because there's some people i'm not gonna say their names but there's some people who people are like and even i'm like okay she's so beautiful so passable but i'm like but i would get her like i don't she could have lived this life of passability but if i saw her i felt like i would have got it other people was like, oh my God, she looks amazing. She looks just like a woman. But when I see her, I'm like, mm, I see the stereotypical trans flaws. <laughs> I'm going to cut this out, but <laughs> I think she's beautiful. But there's certain things about her that I'm like. She, the same, she said the same thing. And I was like, I don't know. I see <laughs> it. I, like if I saw you, like, oh. other people might not have. Mm-hmm. But if I saw you. I would be like, hey, let's see. Mm-hmm. Like, I would get it. Because, yes, you're beautiful. You fit a beautiful standard. But, there's I'm like. There's still like little one, two, three. There's these stereotypical trans stuff that I see. That we that all I, have. That we all have. Unless you or, uh, and I, I, And I'm sure you might get through to the layman's eye. But you're not getting through with me. I, I see it. And I can see you get through, and I'm like, oh, yes, yes, hey, bitch. And I wink at you like you want my Judy, like my sister, just to give you. Like, I, I've seen people like that. But then I see other girls. Let me not say her name either. Mm-hmm. There is no way. There's no way for me to have known, period. I don't care what no, I don't, and everybody say this, they meet her, so I don't, it's not just me. Mm. There's nothing, literally nothing, that I could, that you can look at this woman and, and tell me that that's not just a cis woman. She, now, I know her now, this is my friend, but 
the the stereotypical stuff that we just was talking about. Mm-hmm. She has nothing. <laughs> nothing. I remember I met her at um, this place. And she walked up to me like a fan. Like, oh, shout out to this girl who came into my job the other day. Before I'm sorry, I'm getting off the conversation. But she came into my job the other day and was like, is that, she asked one of my co- co-workers, and they, she asked, is that Diamond? Mm-hmm. And the girl, the, my co-worker was like, yeah. And she just fanned out. Can I give you a hug? Mm-hmm. And Aww. she just went into this whole fan out thing. And when I'm in that situation... Because I don't think of, I'm not a celebrity, like, on that level. Mm -hmm. I don't think of myself like that. When it happens to me, I kind of freeze up. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) It's a multiple, it's a multitude of things. It's a, it's I'm at work and, ooh, if you get to acting like this, people are going to ask me, why are you acting like this? I've had that, I'm going to have to explain that scary part. And then the, um, the, the, um, just the, I don't think of myself as, somebody doing something um i don't want to say somebody doing something important but um i'm doing something important but i don't think of myself as that kind of a celebrity mm-hmm. so when somebody acts like that it's strange to my body and so my body freezes up and so i'm like <sighs> it it puts me in a mode that's kind of strange to me and it's happened to me a couple of times and i'm like ooh what is happening <laughs> especially when i'm not like i'm in a in a space like at work where mm-hmm. you're not even thinking about it and so you don't know had, how to react to i it. don't know how to react and i just gave her a hug thank you and said thank you thank you thank you and i kept saying thank you <laughs> thank you so much thank you for supporting me thank you and it just was really awkward it just was really awkward mm-hmm. and so shout out to her thank you i hope i didn't wasn't too weird <laughs> but thank you um but the girl who I was talking about came up to me like that. Mm-hmm. And I, in my mind, I said in my mind, like, who is this white lady coming up to me mm-hmm. that I don't know? And, and when she told me who she was, I was so gagged because I had done videos about her. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, gosh, like I see why you were on the level that you were, mm-hmm. because it's nothing that I can tell about you. She was about to be the mayor of this place, mm-hmm. about to be the mayor, and I was like, I see, I see why. Like nobody got it for twenty fucking years until somebody went to snooping, and so because nothing, nothing. So, you know, when we talk about the standards of beauty and talk about passability, rules of passability, you know, I've seen the best of the best and I've seen the worst of the worst. And um, a lot of people don't have access. And sometimes people think they do. Like, it's a lot of people. What you mean? You know how some girls, they think they get through more than they actually do? Hmm. Y'all don't experience that? I, I see it a I lot have, in trans I've, men, too. I've... You don't see do that, you, Z? Do you think that's a way... Um, uh, think, 
do you think that's like a self confidence thing? Like, you know, I, yes, I don't I want think, you to. Yes, I do think it's a self confidence thing. Mm-hmm. I think that, oh, girl, I'm that girl. I get through. Da 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 da. You're not gonna tell me. I you're don't not gonna get tell through. me. But you know. But I can. I mean, it makes me wonder because seeing the um, a trans man recently attacked, and he was on testosterone. And he had facial and hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it makes me worried in a way because it's like, hmm, are trans men able to get cocked, quote unquote? And I'm sure, hell yeah, yeah, because like, especially I, if I've they're never not seen so it. far. Now I've seen some that I'm like, ooh, you know, like I it was angles. I since I'm in the habit of not saying names, I'll cut this out. Mm. And I thought he was a trade just at this event. I was like, what? Gag. And somebody told me, and he came up to me and was giving me hugs and fanning. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, who are you? <laughs> Is this a trendy chaser? <laughs> like, I was on some, I thought this was a cis man. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've been watching you. Da, 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 when I... Da, da, da. And he just starts spilling out his trans tea, and I was like, "What? They can look like that?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "He's tall. He just he just was everything that I was like, oh, dang! I didn't know that they can. It's the first time that I saw somebody who could, who was at that upper echelon, that level of passability, a passability that I didn't feel. Um, you know. And then there's some people who I'm like. You know, you think you are, but I feel like I would have got it. But do you think that, you know, how we're talking about, oh, you know, you get through, you hear the girl say, oh, you ain't getting through. And it almost seemed like that's a, like a badge of honor if you get through. Do you think that can be negative within the community? Yeah, I do see that. And I do see it as a, as a problematic thing because it makes cis heteronormative people the standard. Mm-hmm. And so the people who don't fall into that perfect standard mm-hmm. can be treated differently because it's no coincidence that the girls who are popularized now on TV are, you know, almost that standard or that almost standard. that standard. You mm-hmm. know, they, you know. They get through enough to people are shocked that you can be this pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I feel much better when I feel pa- the more passable I feel. I mean, the more passable I am. It's mo- for me, it's mostly dysphoria related, though. Explain. Like, I know I feel better when, like, for instance, somebody would be like, I would never know. It's kind of like a backhanded compliment but then in the same token i'm i feel good because like it, i'm doing my child in a way like it leaves a lot of dysphoria for me mm, i can see that yeah i can see that i think <laughs> so i guess it depends on the person see i think my my problem is i get compliments <laughs> so i'm like Oh, it's not. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But then I, in the back of my head, I'm like, are they saying, I see you, bitch. You look good. Like I clock your teeth, but you look good. But you look sickening. <laughs> and so it's it's hard for me. But I think to, we. I I think that we 
are in that realm mm-hmm. and it's not to be offensive i hope i hope you're not but i think that we are in that realm where we have pretty things about us mm-hmm. we have pretty things exceptionally pretty things about us Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That fit a standard of beauty that people be like, "Oh, you're so pretty." Mm-hmm. But we also have things about it that's like, hmm. mm. <laughs> that's like "Okay, wait right a minute, are you pretty?" But uh, I see a little bit. I don't want to. I see it. <laughs> and so I, I think that we're in that that gray that gray area where you know, okay. Yeah, you got that pretty stuff going on, but that voice though, whatever yours is, I'm, mm-hmm, I'm seeing it's a little witchy here and there, but God, you push. <laughs> so I can't put think, my finger on it. So do y'all think, as a trans person, when you are getting surgeries and whatnot, do y'all see that as transphobia in a way? Because we say, because we say that oh, that so we're trying to, to yeah. Do y'all think that is trying to uphold cishet normatives? I think it depends on like the the reason why the person is doing it. Like if you're doing it because oh I this is what I know where I feel like a woman is supposed to be, and everybody tell me this is what I'm supposed to be versus feeling like oh like i'm comfortable with how i look regardless but you know what if i got this this will make me feel better about myself i think mm-hmm. that's different that that's a difference because some people i feel like if they were more comfortable with who they were they are like like knowing yourself and right. loving yourself like all those essentials and it doesn't matter like if you're trans or not then when you get surgeries it won't define who you are and if that makes right. sense. Right. I totally get it. Because you have... But it's... it's. I think that cis hetero women go through it too. You have the ones who... Oh, I got... You know, I had an A cup. You know? And so I went up to, you know, like a, a B mm-hmm. or a C. Just because... Just so I can balance out my body. You know? And it. I just feel like I look better like this. But then you got the ones where it's... Then you got the ones where... Oh my God, I went and got a triple D double... And this big old massive ass because I want to be this hyper feminine person for the other gays. Like you got the, you got the little bit people who do it for a little bit of change, just to. I think it it starts in the same place, but the extremity, going to the extreme, for the public gays or for other people's gays, I think that's where it gets kind of problematic. But then what if? What if the extremities is what you want to be? Like, it's not yeah. about the public gaze. It's like, I could be a hermit. But when does it stop? I think. But when does it stop? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you, I mean, I think we yeah, all should evolve. But, like, I think there is a period where it's like, okay, are you doing it because of, like, how other people feel or what people are saying? Oh, but you need to get this done. You need to get that done. Oh, well, uh-huh. you look good right now. But if you tweak this, oh, it'll be everything versus yeah. but, but isn't it all based in this heteronormativity because we human and we yeah. want to be you see what I'm saying to answer your question I think it's mm-hmm. all kind of based in cis heteronormativity like to look like just a cis person so I, I don't know if I would call it transphobia 
because I, I feel like it's 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 around the same it's around the lines of it's you know all, we all want to be loved it's not necessarily heterosexual love but we all want to love and i think the look of something most of us want to look human we want to look whatever type of human we want to mm. be mm-hmm. in body so I want to look female and you want to look male and you know we're a part of that binary I think the problem comes when people want to look and it's not (laughs) the problem comes when people want to look in that gray area not that they want to do that but that other people want to force them to choose sides Mm-hmm. So when we have the non-binary people who want to look in that middle range, who want to present in that middle range, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cis number of people was like, no, we're only going to accept you if you look totally female mm-hmm. or if you look totally male, if you look like us. I think that's when it becomes a problem because mm-hmm. they're not allowing them to be free in that gray area. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're all trying to strive to be. Yeah, exactly. It, for everyone to be free. But then wouldn't it eliminate, oh, girl, you are you getting through? You wouldn't even have to worry about that anymore. No, you, would you wouldn't. You would just be. Like, oh, let's see. I don't even know what it, it I'm pretty sure it will evolve to something else. Mm-hmm. The game, you know, it's always going to be some type of game of, of uh, validity. 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 Yeah. Boom. I think it's always going to be that uh, depending on what age range you are. Cause you know, you usually go through that when you're younger, like yeah, I can see that. with yeah. your good girlfriends and stuff. But yeah, that I think we're all trying to strive to a place where you don't have to be super, super passable to be comfortable in this world. Not all of us. What do you mean? All of us what? Well, no, no, I'm not, I'm saying the, that's what it seems like the world is trying to get to, to a place where everyone is accepted. Mm. And you're not putting boxes. So do y'all feel like do y'all feel like stuff like events like balls and stuff? Do y'all think that those in a way can be transphobic? Yes, Uh, but transphobic. mm, It but it it does push that narrative of what box you want to fit in, depending on what category you were in. We talked about that before, where you know it can be problematic for them to. to, make us compete to see how close we are to the cis heteronorm what because makes it, it makes not, them the standard what makes it not problematic i think what makes it not problematic is from well from what i've seen a lot of the a lot of people who are in the ballroom scene they they have a lot of networking that they are able to do and it puts a lot of people in places where they're able to meet different types of people who are from different backgrounds depending mm-hmm. on what city you are from and it go gives people back further than that go back further than that mm-hmm. i think and i think that's a good a good point it can be open up some doors for you mm-hmm. that's where i can be not be problematic but i also if you go back further to why the ballroom scene started Paris is burning. You know, even back for it started before that. That just right. was the recorded documentary. But it was started because we were so marginalized at the time that we were in a space where we had to prove that we could be normal like you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? We can be normal like the cis people. We can look like the cis people. So this whole rules about what we could do um, is ridiculous because we can look like real women. We can we we were fighting to. 
it the times were so conservative that we were just fighting to be the mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying to be included. Mm-hmm. But now that we got our we're in the house like okay we were trying to knock it on the door could give the analogy we're knocking on the door do 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 and i got to prove that i can be you i can assimilate to you i can be who i am i can be um you i can be just like you mm-hmm. a normal person human being cuz you are marginalizing me so much that it's almost like i'm an alien mm-hmm. so much so that you almost that you that they you used to make right and i'm just mental to you Mm -hmm. so now that i'm in the door now that we progress enough where you open the door and let me in now i have to say that just as diverse that you are because once you get into the door you realize oh my god um Y'all not all kind of weird. Y'all yeah, not y'all all not in, in this. Set. Y'all not in boxes. Yeah, it's a different cis-heteronormative people. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, well, I can be, I can be that too. Like, not I can be it, but we have different quirks about us too. Now that we are here, you feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, I think you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of I always compare it to some type of race issue because they have some. I'm, I hate when people act like race. What we've been through as a race does not correlate or parallel so much with this. It reminds me of respectability politics with black folks. Mm-hmm. So there was a time when they thought of us as just fucking animals. The like the, the and, uh, animals at first. Mm-hmm. Like we were just cattle. Like you breed us, we are we're a commodity. And then, oh my God, now we're the help. We change and we go up. They used to think of us as barbaric. They used to think of us as uncivilized. And they were trying to civilize us, right? Mm-hmm. So, in order of us for us to get some type of dignity, humanity, and respect, we had to prove to them that we can be just white people just just as great as white people right Mm -hmm. so we had to go to get fight to get in their schools we had to fight to prove that we can do it on the level of them right Mm -hmm. so when we talk about w.e.b du bois and um and all the scholars like all the people who were um in the history that really got um phyllis whitley wheatley um multiple people who they talked right. They walked right. They did all the things, the music right, um, art right, the etiquette right. They did all the things right to the standard of the white people's standard. I can you. I can do this. And so, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can really be civilized. Oh, my God. You can really do these things. And it amazed the white people enough to be able to give them access to to certain privileges in the world we're like oh my god these black people are exceptional <laughs> they can do it they can da 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 even then um the ibram ibram kendi has a book that kind of chronicles multiple like four or five people's lives and he talks about how w.e.b du bois was in a place where he was proving himself as I'm this exceptional black, so accept us. Know that we, I'm doing these exceptional things, getting in these great schools and writing these great words and these essays to prove to you that we're white. Like, not, not that we're white, that we can be just like you. Mm-hmm. So, and then, oh, let me finish this. Just like you are better. 
and then go then go at that point it wasn't about even back then it wasn't about being better it was it was about being the equivalent being the equivalent it really was because even you know even we internalized that whiteness was great and so once we got in the door you see, he he chronicles how W.E.D.B. Du Bois even changed in his I, thinking like that like we once we got in the door we realized that you motherfuckers is bland and I think um, Michaela Angela Davis on um, Tea with Queen and Jay's live recently talked about it as well mm-hmm. when we get in the door we realize really we just like you it's some sorry ass dumb ass white people that go to these great Harvard Yale schools that's sorry and the only reason why they're here is because their parents are rich mm-hmm. <laughs> but when we get in here we fought so hard to be exceptional that when we come into this space now oh my god you kind of you motherfuckers is whack so now right now with the cardi b era cardi b us accepting like shit that's like normally we would shun with respectability politics mm-hmm. i'm trying to make the point mm-hmm. when we go we went to a stage with black people that respectability getting to that level of white people was like oh my god we want to be we want to dress modestly we want to be the right church folks we want to be everything that the the white people the good white people are we want to do that once we got into their spaces, once we got the Michelle Obamas, once we got the Obamas, once we got the black people who are now, you know that we are equal or better than you motherfuckers. Okay? So now, now that we're in the house, we can say, you know what? Now what's changing now? You can be just as brilliant even though you ratchet and hood twerking and not saying the words right. And now we're, we're in the house. We can, we can bring our other people along. Those people who may not have all of those markers of what respectability is. Mm-hmm. And they're just as great. They're worth, we don't need to throw them away because they don't, they don't fit certain that, criteria. That t- certain criteria. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening in the trans community now. We went through a long process of trying to be that perfect cishet thing. And now that we know, we don't have to prove ourselves. We know that there are beautiful trans women out here who can live the woman life. We know it's trans men out here that can live the man life and do all these great things. So now it's our job to bring along the people who don't fit the standard who don't fit the standard of cis heteronormativity and say they have value as well they have um a purpose they may not fit this standard now that we realize that that standard is bullshit anyway but now we're bringing them along too and i think that that um you see how that correlates Mm -hmm. like how what happened and so I, i that's what it makes me think about what was you about to say z Oh, uh, well, you pretty much covered the question I was going to ask. Like, um, do you think maybe certain things as far as ballrooms will diminish? Like, do you think um, those standards, people won't really strive for those standards necessarily, like trans people? No, I, th- I think it, it I think it served its purpose. I think it will die. I don't mm. think it will. I think it will die. It's dying you now. So? Folks, don't be joining balls like they used to. Hmm, I could I it, it's, it's still trend, look popping it's, to me. It looks like it's being more. It's um, gonna evolve into something else. That's what I see. I see yeah, it evolving. I, see it. I don't see it dying. I see because you like well the balls I've seen. I've seen that they're bringing. It's not just 
LBGT people. They're yeah, bringing the, he- the heads yeah. in, and it's but they're they having Red Bull sponsors, so they're having all these different type of people come and like um, Pose was there, like. And that brings me to opportunities, um, different types of networks and um, scours. So I, I think it's going to evolve. I don't think it's just going to be just, oh, you're on this little, this this small playing field. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. And yeah, hopefully- I guess, well, yeah, I'll retract that. It's not dying out. I think the old way of balling, mm-hmm. the old purpose of balls, the ball scene is obsolete and it's now growing into something else Mm -hmm. it's now growing into this is our culture this is our this is what we bring to the table this is it's i think it's going to grow in this in the same way that um black american culture has grown in america Mm -hmm. and have become so engulfed in american culture Mm -hmm. even though they try to erase us but we're so deep in it that it's not going to go away but it evolved from something it evolved from us needing to have debutante balls debutante um uh, sororities and fraternities and these things to prove that we can be just like the sophisticated white people and then it evolved to something else. You see what I'm saying? Because we didn't need that anymore. We realized that that was bullshit. And I think, I think that's what's going to happen with the LGBT culture. I agree. Uh, I, well, it's happening now. Look at how. Well, look at the mark that we made on fashion. Look at the mark that we made on makeup. Look at the mark that we made on so many things in culture globally, but specifically in America. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it, it will evolve as well. So I appreciate um, the Grammys showing Miss Jackie, even though we went all on the tangent. I put the um, Miss Jackie Shane's um, link of her article in the New York Times in the bottom. And um, y'all go check it out. And I went and bought the album and it's really cute. Like it's mm-hmm. it, for that era type of music. It's really cute. I love it. So I remember watching a long time ago, Diamond had brought up um, Southern Comfort. It's a documentary featuring a couple, a few trans men, um, but mainly revolved around this one trans man named Robert Eady. Was that his name right? Eads. Robert Eads. Okay, yeah. Robert Eads. Robert spelled the regular way and then it's E-A-D-S. So like Eads. So basically he got ovarian cancer and all of the doctors around that could help him was it i can't remember were they trying to remove he wanted it removed or wanted chemo chemo okay yeah he wanted chemo all the doctors were denying him because he was trans and um by the time he found a doctor that was willing to do so uh it was too late the cancer had already spread through him so um, How do you spell his last name? E-A-D-S. E-A-D-S. Oh, E-A-D-S. Okay, mm. I'm sorry. He got cancer. He got cancer. He got diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 1996. And he had went to doctor after doctor. And they, <clears throat> they basically said that them working on him would be would diminish it would might harm their practice i don't know how i don't know their logic i wish i could have seen it 
by the and, and he went to multiple doctors, multiple doctors, and over time, when he first got diagnosed, he was in the he was in the good area where chemo would work. He, things would work if he would have got it taken care of right then. But by the time that he found a doctor that was willing to take, and this is nineties, this is not sixties, fifties, forties. This is the nineties, late nineties. By the time that he found a doctor that would actually treat him, which is ridiculously crazy to me, mm-hmm. it had gone so it had spread so far in his body that it was nothing that they can do. Right, and so he passed away in 1999. So the interesting they, thing, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So aren't they basically trying to make it like that again, to where you could discriminate, like small private businesses? Doctors. If, oh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to, you know, help us out because mm-hmm. of their religion, could he like it could possibly go back to that to where it's just like I don't think it would go back to that completely because mm-hmm. people have a little more understanding about trans folks now. But um, it would it would really I don't think it would be a smart business move for a lot of people. So I don't really know if I. I don't know because we benefit the healthcare market in a way, but we don't make up a big percent of it either. Right, true. But I could see that I could see certain specific specialty specialty doctors not like abiding by the law by that rule or discriminating and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm pretty sure it would be still places where you would be able to get treatment." But then there would be places where, you know, probably or if you lived in small cities outside of big cities where they you'd have to travel in order to get care. Mm-hmm. I think I, and, and I don't when you're in a situation almost similar to this. As far as treatment, like I think that in like an emergency situation, doctors in like hospitals, emergency situations, like I think they take oaths to say like you got to save people's lives regardless of mm. any situation. Um, but I don't know if a doctor has the right to say, hmm, I just don't want you as a patient. Mm. I, think- I, I think I think they I don't th- I think they legally can say I don't want you as a patient it, mm. and they don't have to say. Um, it's my religious beliefs. It's oh. I think they have a right to say I don't, I don't want to treat you. Oh. Maybe not in the emergency room situation. I'm not 100 percent for sure, but I think like say that I have a practice mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just don't, I don't particularly think that I'm the right one for you. I can mm-hmm. say that. Hmm. I don't think you're forced to do it. Hmm. I think the people that come under scrutiny are the ones who say allowed mm, I don't want to treat you because it's against my religion mm-hmm. you know what was interesting um, that I read about him about Robert he he basically had empathy for the doctors who did not want to help him he mm. basically said you know I I, I, I wish that I, this is a, quote, a direct quote I wish I could understand why they did what they did why they had to feel that way. And I know in a way they've contributed to my dying here, but I can't hate them. I don't hate them. I feel sorry for them. 
what makes me most sad is that probably they felt like this was the right thing to do. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's what it's all rooted in. I think that the people who are not trying to get come along is they feel like homosexuality is wrong and they lump transness into homosexuality Mm -hmm. i think that it is wrong it is against my religion this is against god this is against nature this is against this so me being against it is a part of my christian duty to not let the devil come in Mm -hmm. and try to change me Mm -hmm. you feel what i'm saying Mm -hmm. not let the devil come in and try to change me and i think that they do feel that they are on the right side of morals Mm-hmm. And so not accepting you and not seeing your humanity and not that it goes along with that. that I think that kind I'm doing of, good. Yeah, that kind of, you know, when, oh, no, like how people feel strongly against people praying or in public mm-hmm. or we have breastfeeding. Yeah, like different different things about being mm-hmm. a Christian. And they probably feel like, hey, you know, this is my duty as Christian. Exactly what you mm-hmm. said. Like. I'm I'm not going to let the the devil control me. And going back to medical, because we will go back mm-hmm. in that conversation on your topic, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Going to the medical, have y'all has has your idea of your fear of what might happen to you at a doctor's offer ever ever stopped you or? Um, or postponed a doctor visit for you. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. And what if we were in a situation where our health depended on the time? Mm-hmm. And you didn't have the resources to go to a place that would accept you. You had mm-hmm. to, to be in your area. It's and, and so for me, I think that's one of the things that contribute to some of the health issues that trans folks have. Um, they did a study about our bath, our bladder health as well. Talking about holding the bathroom when we mm-hmm. had to hold, when people were trying to stop us from going to certain bathrooms and how um, it, it can affect our bladder and da 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 da. Especially when you get um, older. Especially when you get older. Um, I think that one of my reasons, what, what has been really, really, how I've been really, really apprehensive about going to and finding a, a physician is because of the things that how they are like I feel like when I am in uh when I'm in a doctor's office you're the doctor you are supposed to know stuff you are supposed to be an be, ally when it comes to medical and science I feel like you are supposed to be more advanced than I am mm-hmm. but every time I come into a space with a doctor I feel like I'm in a free fucking teaching session education section about trans bodies about transness and why we did this why i got silicone why i did you know what i'm saying why i did all the things that i did when i didn't really come here for this i came here for a breast exam and i want you to see if i got cancer because my mother has cancer my grandmother has cancer and i want to start preventing it but i have to come here and have these weird uncomfortable conversations and this is a real life this is this is not hypothetical this is diamond my mother has cancer right now my grandmother died of cancer in february of 2014 and i am 37 about to be 38 
And so now that I've gotten up in age, Mm -hmm. I have to start worrying about my health. But when I go to the doctor, are you going to shame me for some of the choices that I made? Mm -hmm. Are you going to shame me about being trans? Are you going to, instead of treating what I'm asking for, Mm -hmm. instead of focusing, because I got silicone in my breast, are you going to say, no, I'm not going to be able to do it? Mm-hmm. I can't test it. I can't I can't do whatever unconventional things that you can do to figure out mm-hmm. if what I have going on. Because you don't know anything about it's, it and you don't want to, to it to be a, a lawsuit or malpractice. Right. Or what and and I understand protecting yourself. That, but I sometimes I just want you to do what you normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still limited based on as to who we can go to. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it is, and but I, I see where that that fear of being in it in a place where I like I've always thought of doctors being like an ally. If I'm sick or if something's going on in me, you know, I can go to a professional and they can tell me exactly what's going on and how to cure it and how how to better myself. But then I've had experiences where I just got my insurance and I need to find my my. Um, my PPO, uh, PPC or PP, you know, your mm-hmm. personal care provider, mm-hmm. a PCP. And you go to them and, you know, the first question they ask you is when's the last time you had your period? And you have to say, oh, you know, I'm trans. And then you get this fucking awkward, long ass silence. You got to explain. And, and then it's almost like the communication stops and you can see them. And it's this odd thing. And then you leave the place like, okay, well, bitch, do I need to find another PCP? Did I just leave my fuck? Did I just waste my fucking money? Like, right. where, where can I go? And then it leaves you to only being open to certain places to get treatment. And sometimes these certain places where you can get treatment. Uh, out of your months, network. Out of your network. Or it takes a really long mm-hmm. time to see someone because everyone's going to see that person. Right. I, I, and I know my per, like when you get insurance from your job, mm-hmm. your insurance, what they will pay is that somebody in that network is the people is the two doctors in the network that I need to go. Are they the are they the ones? How many are transphobic? How many are not? How mm-hmm. many have some trans education behind their belt? What is it? How many have been through some kind of trans sensitivity training? How many have done that? Probably none. Mm-hmm. It may be one if you lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are some uh, through community. I've learned some doctors who are great, um, but are they black? Like that's important to me. Really? Like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because we know through history, through books, through lived experiences that doctors are some fuck shit when it comes to the black body, mm-hmm. how they think about us, and how much pain we can take, and. All that kind of stuff. So I want somebody who is sensitive to my race as well. Mm-hmm. And they may be somebody outside of being black who don't know the history of the medical field and black bodies. You might think that that's strange, but it's really not strange. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of myths about the black body that are perpetuated in the medical field that, mm-hmm. are, that can affect my livelihood. Mm-hmm. And I want somebody who at least they'll... Have some type of understanding. Yeah. You know that that, that, that that might not be a um, problem with the least likely that it will be a problem with, and that's the sad part because those are th- those are things that make you comfortable as an individual, and I'm pretty sure the other everybody else has different different things that they look for in a provider, mm-hmm. and 
if you don't if you only have these specific people who don't fit those exactly th- those qualifications it's kind of like mm, well i'm gonna be uncomfortable but hey this this is the only help i can get and i have to appreciate it and, and then you'll end up being a person like me in this current moment where i'm looking for a primary care physician and i'm putting it on the back burner because you know because uh shit like the drama of it the shade of it I just I don't know I feel like um, the medical industry has a long way to go mm-hmm. and um, a part of that is getting some training when it comes to us we out here now mm-hmm. we've been out here but um, like more of us is coming out of the woodworks we are being more comfortable with ourselves and we need our care mm-hmm. right mm. I agree I wonder how did that affect Robert's dysphoria? I wonder how they addressed him. Like, what uncomfortable a, situations they put him in. Like, when you have, a, like, he, he had a ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. When you have something really gender specific, when you have an ailment that's really mm-hmm. gender specific, mm-hmm. I wonder how um, that affected his dysphoria. Interesting. I'm sure a lot. I've had if you <laughs> if you've had STD um testing like certain specific STD testing a specific like to your penis tests, or to your yeah vagina. or your and it can, can be kind of awkward like oh you have to stick this whole Q-tip Tip in my pee oh! <laughs> oh damn really mm-hmm. yeah. It's a cute, it's a quick little th- like little seconds, but that that shit hurts. But it's what they have to do in order to get the bacteria or whatever they have to do in order to test to see, you know. Well, yeah. me, they would have to stick a big metal thing. Yeah, pap smear. Then a Q-tip. When's the last time you had a pap smear? I'm not gonna just tell that on the. <laughs> Like, why would you do that? Well, we're talking about medical stuff. See, there we go. There are, those are things that are. Specific. I mean, that's why anybody. I'm sure. It's like. Well, I mean, it's, it's something. Not everybody. It's almost like a. I don't think that's 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 a trans thing. It's just like. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's health related. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's important that, though cuz my sister recently dealt with cysts and she like said fibroids? I don't I don't know exactly. She said that they were cysts and they just kept on growing and she didn't like she, she didn't realize how much stress people with vaginas hold in their womb. Mm-hmm. It was like a big realization cuz it happened from the beginning of the year. So, and then it manifested all throughout 2018 and she needed to get like surgery. So, um, she was, you know, my, my niece was like, make sure you get in your, um, pap smears. Cause I hear it's, um, hereditary or genetic. Um, so make sure you get it done. That kind of triggered me. I was like, oh, okay. Cause she randomly messaged me and went out her way. But then I was like, at the end of the day, it's true. I gotta, but that's standard within getting hormone replacement therapy with most doctors to get an annual pap smear. Yeah, yeah, and I just I've never got 
you know, I don't even want to say it. I might as well since I was talking about pap smears. What is it called where they got to check your anal for um, um, cancer? Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy or all that extra. I have never done one of those. I have, but it was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I remember Buck Angel was talking about because of his hormones, he his Mm-hmm. His uterus atrophied, mm-hmm. and he was having medical di- conditions about it because mm-hmm. he was on testosterone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check out Buck Angel's um, story about how you know him not going to get medical care because multiple reasons, layers of uncomfortableness at the hospital. Um, check that out. Um, we just done went on a tangent, so. Uh, I'm going to end it right here. Yes. <laughs> My segment. <laughs> I mean, every, all the topics are going together, which kind of bring his topic kind of goes into my topic, which um, I'm talking about how, how the medical field has said that enabling those laws that protect us from discrimination or not just the medical field just in general how some lawmakers feel like that is enabling people to basically be or 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 how how not enabling um it's almost like it's maybe you should start over (laughs) no i got i got it it's influencing that's what i was looking for it's influence it's influencing <laughs> people to be lbgt because you have laws that can protect you so they feel like a law is basically you know what we abide by <laughs> and it it can be a really big influence in how we live our day-to-day lives so laws that protect people that are lbgt or trans can influence people to be lbgt or trans but i mean isn't that what we want we want people to be able to be who they are and it's not like an agenda we just want people to be able to express themselves without feeling like they're judgment being judged or um laws are in place to get you together (laughs) and so but how do you guys feel about about that I mean, we kind of already covered that, really. No, I, I wanted to go into it later because I wanted. That's why I switched back to. Um, that's why I switched back to the medical side because I didn't mm-hmm. want us to go into that. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a. You, when it comes to people talking about the homosexual agenda. Mm-hmm. Like you always see that in comments. Like if you ever see some LBGT or or people uplifting the LBGT community, you will always see like this this thread of comments. They're always similar. Don't force the LBGT down our throats. You why do you trying to force this agenda on our children? And da, 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 da. you always see that. I you see it because when it comes to change, you saw it about the race shit. Mm-hmm. Like you trying to force them into our communities. You trying to force uh, force us to intermingle with blacks when they, we are so different. We mm-hmm. can't intermingle with them. We can't do that. It's just not right. It's against against nature. I hate that I go into a country accent, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just not right. And to um, 
to do that. They've been saying that. Mm -hmm. And so I think what the problem is, there are people who are just, they think that what we are doing, what homosexuals are doing, what our community is doing is wrong. So any type of acceptance acceptance of it Mm. is against what they think is right. So, you letting these drag queens come in and read to my kindergartners, you're trying to, the agenda is for you me to accept that. I don't accept it because I think it's wrong for a man to be dressed like a woman. If you were born a boy, you were born a male, you shouldn't be in women's clothes. I think that's wrong. And there is no way, I think, Mm -hmm. that you can get around that belief. They're going to always think it's a homosexual agenda. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to always think that whatever strides we make in progression is going to be a negative thing because why are we giving this a platform? Why are we accepting this? This is wrong. Mm -hmm. I believe that this is wrong and it's not okay. So whatever step forward, the law, the television, the whatever, it's wrong and it's Mm -hmm. stuffing this down my throat and I shouldn't have to be accepting of it. Exactly. And there's no way to get around that. So there is, I think there's some truth in there is a homosexual agenda. I yeah. think the agenda for us is it's acceptance. It's acceptance. It's, it's acceptance and treat us right and see our humanity and da 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 da. But it is it goes against their beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so um they feel like the homosexual agenda is the biggest threat to like freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. When I, I think the problem with that is you can say what you want to say mm-hmm. as a regular person. You can say that. That's great. You can say it. But if you are a public figure, understand that there's going to be consequences if you say some homophobic shit now. Yes. And you always see... Cause like maybe like Social the most recent like three years or maybe four like there were there were past given to people like you would see like uh such as this certain celebrity is homophobic and everybody would gag and be like oh i'm not gonna support you but you wouldn't see no action really being done they would kind of continue about their life right. but now it's like we live in a world where and i think we spoke um we've all we've talked about this before we live in a world where you can't just do certain things and people not being able to like really voice their opinion and action being done because you have things that you got people that can come together and stand for something. And that's a lot what you see nowadays. You see people coming together and, and Saying we're not having it. Mm-hmm. And really, really quick too. Like, um, I forgot um social media, but I forgot um about the film. I don't I don't know what happened towards it, but there was a a woman who was about to play um a trans man. um I forgot what the actress name was. Scarlett Johansson. Right. And everybody was like, Oh girl, what well I don't get it. There are a lot of trans actors that can play this part and it'd be believable. We have people that can play this part and why aren't you doing it and it just got shut down immediately and then the thing with Kevin Hart and then all these different things that are happening to these people that are kind of making people be like oh no bitch oh let's not get the the rainbow people and the fairies over here because 
Let's watch what we say. Absolutely. And I think that that is a part of the culture shift. Mm. Just like... It used to be songs called Catch a Nigger by His Toe, whatever, songs with the word nigger in it that was racist as fuck. Oh, and that one guy, the, uh, boom, the you know who his name is, the guy who just got freed from jail, the, the Rasta, who had the the song about T-Boy or whatever, and they were all happy that he was being freed from jail. What's his name? Buju Benton. Yes. What say it louder? For the people in the bed. Buju Benton. Yeah, he had a whole song about killing gay people, and everybody was. It's not cool. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's it's not acceptable anymore. Culture changes, culture shifts, and just like white folks is in the back, I want to hold on to my racist ne- heritage. That's just how the South was. That just was our culture, and mm-hmm. the shit was wrong, and it's changed. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in the process. Well, shit is changing now. And so you can't say certain things without consequences. You can say them, but there will be public consequences. It may not be legal consequences. I don't think that. I think you should be able to say what you want. But do I think you should go to jail for saying, I hate trans folks? Do I think you should go to jail for saying, I hate um, gay folks? No, no, I don't think you. I think you should say whatever you want, but understand that there are social consequences that will happen. You might get fired. You might can't say it at work, but when you at home in the comfort of your house, mm-hmm. you can say what you want. But yeah, I think it my. should be held in the same regard as when people are being racist. Like that same way that people are being homophobic is seeming like it's starting to be the same ride. That it's, it's the equal, the equality of both of the the negatives are starting to become very justified. Which I'm I'm really loving to see that change. Mm-hmm. What was you about to say, Z? Oh, I was saying in my handbook at work it protects trans folks like it specifically says like you're not to misgender blah blah blah, and that makes me feel like so a cool. lot more confident yeah and in my trans status and then you had so. people that would said stuff like he had managers that were like oh you know as soon like they didn't even know that he wanted his name changed but they automatically was just like oh when you get your name changed don't worry we know the process and you're good to go and that kind of makes you feel like oh i'm not othered valued. yeah i'm not othered yeah it makes you feel valued i think that once accepting that when culture shifts that shit is not cool no more i think that that's just what it is i do think there's some that they the people who are against homosexuality. I think that there is an agenda mm-hmm. that what they're noticing is an agenda. Our agenda is to be human. Our agenda is to be respected. Our agenda is to have the exact same thing opportunities that you have without being demeaned or degraded. Mm-hmm. And that's the agenda. It's not to make you feel like you can't be a Christian. It's not a made it's not to make you feel like you can't have your beliefs about sexuality, mm-hmm. like you can't have your beliefs about whether somebody could change their sex or gender. Um, you can have those beliefs, but understand that if you are saying them in a derogatory way, publicly, there can be consequences. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe not jail, maybe not legal consequences, but social consequences, there will be them. And that's just what you have to accept. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think that was a show, y'all. Boom. <laughs> All right. Make sure you go check out um, Black Trans TV. They have a binder giveaway um, that they are doing. And 
you know, they want to give you one. If you need one, they want to give, give it away. So go mm-hmm. to Black Trans TV on um, Instagram. Also, make sure if you know a black trans woman who is doing great work out of here, there's going to be a link to the Bobby Jean Baker Fund. Um, apply. And I think that's about it. All right, y'all. Bye, y'all, until next time. Good afternoon. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>